Halfway through the night, our compartment door opened and a tall, dark, kind of handsome guy sits at the end of my seat and asks, you go Paris? We answer, yes. He replies, no speak English. So we settle back to sleep. I feel something soft and squishy in my hand. What? And I wake up to see Mr. Hugo Perry kneeling down with Mr. Happy in my hand. What? What was he thinking? (laughs) Welcome to Overdrinks, your new favorite podcast with the sisters you didn't know you needed. Wow, you're so good at that. <laughs> word for word, perfect. <laughs> welcome back to another episode of Over Drinks, guys. Welcome, welcome. We come to you today with a very fun topic, but it's funny the way that we came up with this topic was we had already decided what drink we wanted to drink this mm. week, and we were like, what topic would suit this drink? So we planned our whole like episode around the drink that we wanted And then to we drink. also had one of our good family friends send us in a story, and I was like, oh my god, that perfectly ties in with oh, this. Oh yeah, because we've been waiting to tell this story. Yeah, because yeah. she's been telling me about it every time. Everything just lined right up, and we were like, <laughs> this is time. This is time to bring this to the people. Um, on that, what are we drinking, Lozzie? We are having a little limoncello spritz mm, we straight from these. the shores of Italy. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had these on Christmas, didn't we? Yes. Mm. And we were inspired by a lovely Instagram video that Chloe sent me. I and think like, she was in Italy, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. It had like lemons everywhere, coastline, <laughs> bougainvillea. Mm. All right. Cheers to that, guys. Cheers. Okay. Oh, yeah. So this episode, guys, we're going to do travel stories. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even said what it is. Yeah, we're doing travel stories because we thought Lemoncello, Italy, travel stories just goes right in there. <laughs> together, you know. We're setting the scene, aren't we? <laughs> All right. Straight into the stories. Who wants to start? I'll start off. I've got two stories of my travels. That are pretty fun. All right, Chloe. We'll start off with, I've got a scary one and I've got a fun one that kind of turns scary. What do you reckon? I think do the scary one first. Okay. All right. So I'll set the scene. Me and three friends went to Bali and Nusa Lombongan and Lombok. And nice. it was me, my best friend. And at the time, I'm very close to them now. At the time, I wasn't really close to the other two girls that we went with. I had never been to Bali before. Anyway, so we get to Bali and I was a little bit sceptical about what to expect. You've heard horror stories and then you've also heard these amazing stories as well. Oh, I also just remembered something funny. When we're on the plane there, I was watching the movie The Judge, you know, with Robert Downey Jr. Oh my God. I watched that on the plane as well. Oh my God, how funny. And I start crying in this scene, the really sad scene in the bathroom. Oh my God, I remember this story. <laughs> I'm like shaking, crying, and I'm trying to be really quiet because I'm on the plane. Anyway, <laughs> one of my friends turns to me and she was like, are you Okay. <laughs> I was just absolutely breaking down about about flying flying and going away from my family for the first time overseas. (laughs) I was just watching you sad. Maybe I look up at her and I'm like, huh? 
She's like, are you okay? It's okay. I was like, oh no, I'm just watching a sad movie. Anyway, I forgot about that until just now. Anyway, so we get off the plane and it's nighttime and it's really dark and it's quite chaotic. And some man comes right over to me and he grabs my suitcase and he's not like speaking to me. He's just trying to grab my suitcase. And I'm like, no, no, thank you. And I'm like pulling it and he's like grabbing it. And I'm like, oh my God, fresh off the plane. He's trying to rob me. Anyway, and then Faith's like, no. <laughs> Faith's like, no, they just do that so that you can tip them. And they'll like, just walk it to your car for you. And I was like, oh, sorry. No, no. I like, pulled it back off me. Anyway, it turns out it was beautiful. I loved Bali. Bali itself, I really enjoyed. That was all fine. Then we get a ferry to Nusalembongan. And then from Nusalembongan, we got a ferry to Lombok. And they told us it was about 30 minutes. So we went and sat on the roof. Turns out it was actually four hours. Oh we had God. no sunblock on us. I think it was in our luggage. And so we're sitting on the roof. And we keep thinking that it's going to end soon and it doesn't. And then we all end up bickering and fighting on the thing because we're so hot on the top of the ferry. <laughs> and then I ended up having a panic attack the last like 10 minutes of it. And then we get off. We're in Lombok. And I've seen photos of Lombok. So this is what I'm picturing like this beautiful thing we arrive and it's like the most scary section of Lombok because it's like it's where you get off the boat and then you get the like cabs into the pretty area Mm -hmm. there is a dog I'm not exaggerating Lauren that has its intestines on the outside of its body oh my god and I was like what the fuck is dead or alive alive wandering around yeah I saw some pretty fucked up dogs in Thailand yeah and I was like oh my god this is so hectic and then everyone's trying to get you to get on their little shuttle buses and all this kind of stuff it's pretty chaotic and then uh, luckily Faith is just like a pro at traveling she was like come on come here like took us to this area and then she like talked to this guy and negotiated a fare to where we were going so we hop in his car and then he's driving for like 10 minutes and he pulls over in this like area. There's no one around. There's just a car waiting there. <laughs> and we're like, hell, and we get out. He's like, he's going to drive you the rest of the way. And we're like, oh, okay. And the guy does not speak a word of English and he's just smiling, super smiling. We're like, okay, he looks friendly. Like, so we get into his car and then we get in, we're driving for like two seconds and he just locks all the doors. Oh, no. And we're like, oh, shit. And I was like, oh my God. I was in the front as well and I'm just like, Panic attack central. Wait, was I in the front? Actually, I wasn't even there. They told me the story. <laughs> like, you're sorry for last week. No, I think I was in the front. Anyway, and then we're trying to like direct him where to go. We're like, because the guys didn't speak to each other. And so we're like, how does he know where he's taking us? So we're like showing him on the maps, like, this is where we're going. And he's looking, he's like, just smiling and nodding. And we're like, but how do you know where you're taking yeah. us? Like, you, got, you haven't spoke to the guy. Like, anyway, and then we're like freaking out. We're going like up in the mountains. Like, there's no other cars around. It's like a yeah. dirt track. There's like, you see monkeys just on the side of the road. And you're like, where are we right now? I actually shared my location with Ryan because I was like, I'm if about, I get taken, I'm I can't send it to anyone in the family because they were going to be like we told you yeah. so we told you not to go there because we'd all watched broke down palace before you oh my god went yes and we were all crying out, yeah. and we'd be like you would be the one that would be like yeah i'll stay here you go it was me i absolutely would not that would 100 percent be faith bless her absolutely oh my god yeah socks. faith would it would that. yeah it would 100 be faith anyway it ended oh my up god, being i'm gonna cry now much in faith like sacrificing herself it ended up being absolutely nothing the guy just didn't speak english and he was super friendly and adorable obviously being in a foreign country where you can't communicate with the driver and he has you think he's got no idea where I'm he's going. I'm actually really sad. Sacrificing yourself. Lauren's literally a sad face emoji right now. And spending the rest of her life in a tied prison. Oh, and waking up with a cockroach in her ear. Oh my god. Everyone has to watch that movie if they want it's, to cry. It's great. We really sold it. Anyway, nothing happened, but it was terrifying for a moment. And then I left them there. They went to the Gilly Islands. I didn't go. I went, oh, my God. And then I had to get that. Where did you go? I got on that tiny plane. <laughs> what are you talking about? By yourself? By myself. Yeah, it was terrifying. I got on the tiny plane. Are you making shit up now? I'm serious. Oh, my God. I forgot about all this. 
And then I got on a tiny plane by myself because I didn't want it because they were going for a month. I think I only went for two or three weeks with them. So I had to get on a tiny. I was meant to get the ferry back, but when I realized that it was the four hour ferry instead of the 30 minute ferry, I was like, fuck that. So I got a plane I'm from Lombok. Fly my back own plane. To Bali. And it was How one of those small, scary are those small tiny planes. planes. Yeah. And I was like, was this the right decision? It only went for like 30 minutes. <laughs> As the plane is tumbling down into the ocean. Was <laughs> this then, the right decision? And then I was like, mum was like, I don't want you being in the airport that whole time by yourself because I was supposed to be in the airport for like seven hours by myself. So she's like, get an early flight. I'll pay for it. So she paid for the early flight. But then by the time I got off and got all my bags and everything, I'm like running. And the chick was like, yeah, you can get on it, but you've got to run. So I'm running through the airport. You're talking and then they so stop, fast. <laughs> and then they stop me and they're like, can we just go through your luggage to check oh for God. drugs or bombs? And I was by myself and I was like, okay. And I'm standing there and this just is going it. through this, everything. And I was like, are they going to the plan moment. something? Yeah. This is my boogie board moment. Yeah. And then there was nothing. They just left and let me go. And then I got the plane back and it was great. Wow. Good times. So it sounds like it's more like the fear was on the inside of your brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing actually happened. <laughs> yeah. Just like for my next story too. Okay. So I've mentioned this before. Ryan and I in 2019 did a six week trip to America and Mexico and everything went great. There's definitely some more stories that I could dig out from America. But when we got to Mexico, the first place we went to was, and I always butcher this pronunciation because I thought it was Isla Mijeres, but someone told me it's actually pronounced Isla. Let me look. Isla Mujeres. Yeah, see? That is surprising. Oh, yeah, you would think like it would be a silent S. Well, there we go. Anyway, so we get there at night time and it's maybe like 10 o'clock at night by the time we get to our actual hotel. And the lady behind the counter is like, so we actually have a few rooms available. Would you guys like to upgrade to the honeymoon suite for just 150 US each? And we were like, um no, we're fine. Like we probably won't be in the hotel room that much anyway. And then she was like, okay. And then she like walked away and she comes back. She goes, so I've just spoken to my boss and we're going to upgrade you guys for free anyway. Oh my God. And we're like, luckily we didn't pay. So we go upstairs. It's two levels. I remember this There's two bedrooms and two bathrooms. There's an upstairs bathroom right next to our bedroom and a downstairs bathroom, which is perfect. I was going to say. And there's like three different balconies and we go upstairs and we've got an infinite pool on our balcony and then a spa at the end of that and at night time you can see that's all beautiful but you can't really tell like how close to the water we are we wake up the next morning we go out onto the balcony and we are on the water like it's insane and this is an all-inclusive hotel as well so all our room service all the alcohol in the fridge gets refreshed every day oh my god amazing all included it was so nice and then like we were just having like pina coladas down by the pool and everything it was so so good so on the first day in Isla Mujeres you only really travel by little buggies like the little um golf cart kind of things oh cool so then we go and pick up the buggies and the guy was like oh you guys australian and he was like where else are you going and he was so super friendly and we're like oh so we're here for three nights and then we're going to play del carmen and then we're finishing in tulum and he was like oh play del carmen and we were like yeah and he was like oh be careful and i was like what do you mean and he was like uh you'll be fine looking at ryan he was like but you might get kidnapped and i was like what? what and hell? I thought he was going to start laughing and he wasn't laughing. And I was like, so then I started getting really like worried. And then Ryan was kind of awkwardly laughing. And he was like to Ryan, just make sure you take good care of her. Don't let her out of your sights. And I was like, Random. are you joking? And I was like, was am like I actually going to get, yeah, I was like, am I actually going to get kidnapped? And he was like, probably not, but you never know. And I was like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding? And me being the kind of person that I am, I was just like, as soon as we got to play at Carmen, I could not relax. I was just really? like, especially if a local is telling me that, like, I don't know whether he thought it would be that's funny. Because that's the place that I told you to go as well. Yeah. And I was just, 
was so terrified. Like we barely left our resort because I was like, every time we left, I was just so anxious. We also did get sick when we were in Playa del Carmen, but luckily our resort was fucking beautiful. One of the times that we left, we were walking down. This is like the nighttime walking down like the markety kind of area. And then we just see like all police people were walking down with like full-blown rifles like coming towards us there was like 15 of them walking in like a straight line a couple rows of them and i was like first night out of play not doing this again well you made it back alive and that's all that really matters yeah both both times because nothing was actually gonna happen this guy was paid by the islam mahiras yeah (laughs) just stay here here. yeah exactly (laughs) all right i've got my first listener story to read out so This is a a little quick one. One of our friends has written in about four quick but hilarious stories. She loves a title and we love Mm. a title. This is great. (laughs) The title is My German Pretzel. So I just got out of the most toxic relationship and needed to escape the country. My cousin was over in Europe backpacking at the time. So as you do, I booked a one-way ticket and jumped on the next plane. Oh my God. Fucking vibes. It just so happened that her next destination was Mykonos. 20 hours later and I arrived on the island. She wasn't landing for another day or two, so I needed to become an extrovert real quick. (laughs) (laughs) The only rooms left were a six-bedroom double bunk with boys and girls. That's one way to start your backpacking adventure. Oh my God. I walk into the room and lock eyes with one of the most beautiful males I've ever seen. A German pretzel. I'm actually picturing like an actual German pretzel. <laughs> with a smile. <laughs> and two little legs and arms hugging out this way. <laughs> we pretty much spent every second together after that. Played bunk buddies, ended up being best friends with his two other German pretzels, travelled Greece with them. They let us stay with them in Germany for a week, took us to Oktoberfest, and bam, three years later, having a full-blown long-distance relationship oh with German God. pretzel. Crazy. That was her first day landing in Europe Jeez. after escaping a toxic relationship. <laughs> Legit. Love that. That is classic her as well. She falls so hard and fast. So it's just so <laughs> typical that she like lands on the first person she locks eyes with. She's like, I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my one is from a lovely lady. This is actually the reason. Smooth jazz. It's smooth jazz. A lovely lady has written in with her story. <laughs> this is the reason why we decided to do this episode. And it's a very funny story. It was the early 80s and two of us... You already know it's going to be a good story when it starts with the early 80s. <laughs> it was the early 80s and two of us blonde, early 20s girls set off to backpack Europe. We thought we knew it all. This is the start of a porno. <laughs> <laughs> After staying in Italy with a friend for a month, we set off with our first class URL passes. The exchange rate was good then. We had explored Barcelona and decided next stop was Paris. We settle in to our compartment where the chairs folded together to kind of make it two single beds. It was a night train, which backpackers prefer as it saves on accommodation. Halfway through the night, our compartment door opened and a tall, dark, kind of handsome guy sits at the end of my seat and asks, you go Paris? We answer, yes. He replies, no speak English. So we settle back to sleep. I fell asleep with my head on my arm, which protruded onto the gap between the two seats. I feel something soft and squishy in my hand. What? And then around my hand. And I wake up to see Mr. Hugo Perry kneeling down with Mr. Happy in my hand. What? What was he thinking? (laughs) In total shock, I jumped up to go find help. The train was in darkness and after washing my hands, I managed to find a snoring businessman in another compartment. I then remembered my friend in the compartment with Mr. Hugo Paris, who was oh, yeah, now she, she, back she, in his seat pretending to sleep. 
My friend is saying, it's like, what are you doing? Have you seen Eurotrip where he's like, yes. Miss Cousy, Miss Cousy. Yeah. 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 And exactly then they go through the, the dark, dark tunnel. tunnel. They're like, oh, God. <laughs> um, my friend is saying, what are you doing? I said, grab our stuff. We're leaving. We arrive in Paris the next morning, hoping to tell a guard, but we didn't see Mr. Hugo Paris. So he escaped without punishment. We walked around Paris in a daze for a couple of days, thinking to ourselves how lucky that I didn't sleep with my mouth open. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) We decided to head up to a little ski resort where we knew some Swedish guys who lived near and worked in the resort. We told them the story over schnapps and all had a good laugh about my experience. All also agreed, very lucky I didn't sleep with my mouth open. <laughs> a month later, we were on a train between Amsterdam and Copenhagen when a nice young Canadian guy joined our carriage. We swapped books, this was before mobile phones and any kind of portable technology, and he started telling us a story. Oh, she was telling me about this. Mm. It's so nice. Like back in the day, they used to just sit on the train and they'd all like switch books that they'd mm. read and like pass them around and stuff. I reckon that's just the most wholesome, beautiful thing ever. And then later he'd be like, oh, this is the book that I got from that. Yeah. <laughs> a month later, we were on a train between Amsterdam and Copenhagen when a nice young Canadian guy joined our carriage and he started telling us a story. There were these two girls who were on a train and this French guy dropped his dick in her hand. <laughs> and on he went to tell us my own story. That is crazy. Turns out he spent time in Sweden and heard it from the friends that we knew. My story traveled all the way around Europe and back to me. It's a small world. Oh, my God. And especially back in those times as well. It's not like it could have been like a viral TikTok video yeah, or something. Or like share all around Facebook. Yeah. Kind of oh, my God. That How is so crazy. funny is that? That is not the story I thought it was going to be. Like, did not think it was going to be. How she woke up that? with someone's penis in her hand. That <laughs> is like disgusting. Straight up sexual harassment. I know. But... And how funny is it that it's like it's sexual fucking assault? And how funny is it that it's like early 80s, so you're like, lol, this yeah. is a funny like story to share over drinks. Whereas like now if that happened, you'd be like, fucking calling the police. Seriously. Well, she did try and find someone. She was yeah, that's true. Wrong. That is so funny. All right. Oh, my God. That's a great story. That is worth this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love right. how she's like, luckily I didn't sleep with my mouth open. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would be gone because be I've been like, gone. I sleep with my mouth wide open. Just suffocating. Just hoping for an experience. <laughs> 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 All right. I've got my next short but sweet story from the same friend. So this one is called Call It. So to keep ourselves laughing everywhere we went in Europe, we played Call It. Any dare or crazy idea we had, if we called it, two people had to guess the number between one and whatever the number was. And if you guessed the same number, you had to do the dare or whatever oh, it was called. Oh, is that kind of like what are the odds? Yes. Yeah. 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 Same thing. So basically if I say like, okay, what call are it. What, yeah. What are the drink? Yeah, and then if you say, like, okay, 1 to 20, and then we both say 19, yeah. then you have to scull them. Mm. Okay, so we were in a dirty underground club in Lagos. Like, it was Lagos. Lagos, however you pronounce it. And there was a rather sweaty elderly Indian man by himself tearing up the DF. Hell yeah. What a vibe. So her cousin said, pick a number between 1 and 500, and if you get it right, that Indian man is getting a big fat pash. <gasps> Holy oh. shit! As you do, we fucking said the same number, 464. What are the chances? <laughs> the chances are 1 in 500, I guess. Oh, my God. I wanted to die. Oh, my God. 
Had to make the sly move on him. Legit have his hands around my waist, knowing I have to make a move. Going in, got the head on the diagonal, about to commit because hashtag trooper. And then my friends pull me away and tell me I'm off the hook. Oh, saved by the God. bell. Oh my God. Nah, what? I would just be like, I'm buying you all drinks for the rest of the night. That is that. hilarious that she actually went to do it though. Oh my God. Good on her. No surprise. She's the biggest trooper. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this next one is pretty long, but I'll read it quickly. You know, you know she will. <laughs> <laughs> my friends and I were in Amsterdam and when in Amsterdam you know what we're doing puff puff that's what she's written I did just add that (laughs) at the first breakfast at our hostel we meet this really cute couple from Melbourne they called each other Bubby and Bubby cute they told us what they did he just finished a psych degree and she was telling us about her art this is all relevant I swear Anyway, we planned to go out with them that night. On our walk to the red light district, we all decided, let's get high. We see a younger guy working in this shop, so we go in and ask him where the best place to get space cakes are. He pulls out this little Tupperware container. Inside contained a huge slab of cake. He right says, here. <laughs> I've actually got my own homemade vanilla cake. I'm not supposed to sell it here, but have some. It's tasty. We all agree to buy his cake, eat the most delicious vanilla cake I've ever tasted, so moist and fluffy. After consuming the delicious cake, we descend off into our journey through the red light district. We had a great time, saw a peep show, met and saw some interesting creatures and checked out all the hot ladies. We're on our way back to our hostel, planning to go clubbing. We're all quite whacked at this point. I see in my peripherals one of my friends get quite tense and awkward. She pulls me aside from everyone, letting our two friends walk ahead with the couple. And she goes... I just have to tell you this so you know what's going to happen. They're about to take us. I'm obviously like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's Bubby and Bubby. She says, that's the perfect cover. Who's the fuck is Bubby and Bubby? The, the Melbourne couple from earlier, the one that's so psych. Oh, they're both called Bubby and Bubby. They called each other Bubby and Bubby, oh, so that's what they called them. I missed that. <laughs> what? It's Bubby and Bubby. She says, <laughs> that's the perfect cover. They're working with the mafia to take young girls our age and traffic them. I'm hoping I love she's having spelled. a paranoid look. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, for a second, I was I like, am I laughing? Spelled, and they're literally about to get kidnapped. <laughs> she's spelled mafia, M-A-R-F-I-A. Mafia. <laughs> the mafia. So being the state I was, I pissed myself laughing and then quickly snap into, holy shit, maybe she's right. So my friend wigging out, grabs the other two friends and tells them her thoughts of the mafia couple. <laughs> We realise our friend is you know, anxious. You know what's about to happen. <laughs> you know what's happening, right? <laughs> Don't let them fool you, idiot. <laughs> They're going to take us. They're working with the mafia. It's a perfect cover. This is a scene from Taken right now. <laughs> we realise our friend is the anxious, panicky kind of high person. So we have to awkwardly depart from Bubby and Bubby. And to be honest, I'm just starting so, to panic too. Just so you don't take us. <laughs> we just saw. Uh, we forgot we're going to go back and... Uh, <laughs> At this point, my friend and I are in panic mode and the other two, one had the giggles and the other one was sober. She didn't have any cake. In the anxious state we're in, we start sprinting back to the hostel while laughing yet panicking because we know this is absolute nonsense, but we just can't help it. We get back to our room and the panicked friend starts saying all this nonsense like, he studied psych, he read us and knows that the sober one wouldn't eat the space cake and that she'd bathe in the shower right now and they're going to come and take us. She's a little ninja. She'll karate and kick the shit out of us. She'll karate. I'm going to call my mum and say goodbye now because (laughs) we're gone. We're going to be hearing traffic. Guys, I'm going to call my mum and say goodbye now. Guys, I'm in the rhyme bed for them to come and grab my legs and just drag me out. Guys, I'm telling you this so that I can say that I told you when we're in the back of a van tied up. (laughs) So I can tell you I told you so. 
imagine, imagine the sober one just being like, shut <laughs> up, you are crazy right now. Every time she wanted to say something, she'd say, guys, I have another thought. Would you like, <laughs> would you like to hear it? Would you like to hear it? <laughs> Obviously, everyone's like, no, please. <laughs> Looking back at this, we think this was only in her head because on the flight to Europe, we were saying, Fuck, we may never see anyone again. Human trafficking is real bad in Europe. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. And that's, like, lived in the back of her brain yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And our anxious high friend was like, oh, wow, I've actually never thought of that. <laughs> Until <laughs> she now. Never- <laughs> now she's never thought of anything else. <laughs> this is why you don't do drugs, guys. Don't do drugs, please. All right. Next little short, that sweet one. The title is Run! Exclamation mark. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I'm in the land of the USA and with a group of international students. It's 2am and we're outside a fast food restaurant. The guys are getting rowdy and there's tension in the air. The big British man we are with is up for a fight. An American guy and my British friends start getting into it. And it's not going well for the American guy. He soon realizes it's going down. And next thing you know, he whips out a gun and is aiming it at all of us. Oh my God. Only in America. Holy shit. He screams at us to run before he fires it. We run like the wind, not sure if I'm in a nightmare or a movie, and run the fuck out. Guns are real, children, and do not pick a fight with an American at 2 a.m. Oh, my God. Holy shit. I don't think I've ever even seen a gun in real life. Maybe, like, in the holster of a policeman's thing. Well, there's one in Mexico. Okay, I've got a really beautiful European story that is actually currently happening right now. Oh, good. So one of my friends is in Europe and I messaged her. I was like, surely you've got some good stories for me. Hit me up. I arrive in Lyon. This is in France. After being completely overwhelmed by Paris, it's not as romantic as I thought. I got to the Eiffel Tower and was like, oh, cool. There it is. Anyway, so I get on a train to Lyon. Give France another chance. To calm down, my first day, I go to a yoga class. At the end of the class, I say, thank you in English. A young French girl near me comes up to me and says, oh, hey, you aren't from here. She asks if I want to get coffee with her and I say, sure. She then asks me to join her and her friends to a club that night. So I do. YOLO, right? I love to party. She's being facetious. She doesn't actually love going out that much. (laughs) (laughs) So I go and it's about 12 a.m. at this point. We have drinks and I immediately meet a cute French boy. We don't get each other at all. The English is very bad, but all I can gather is that he's a pianist, which I think is cute. Pianist. It sounds like penis. I know. He doesn't need to say much though. The accent just kills me. So I kiss him. So I'm at the bar with this guy and next to me is another guy with a girl. This girl is pretty drunk, but she says to me, look how cute he is, pointing to the guy next to her. He's a sexy man. To which I reply, oh yes, and laugh with the guy she's with. Anyway, later my friend from yoga tells me there are two people having sex in the bathroom. And sure enough, it's those two from the bar. Wow, I'm not in Australia anymore. Now it's 4am. This is in the club, by the way. The guy I'm with wants to get a hotel. I say no. He cries like a baby. (gasps) Which is a major turn off. Yeah. So I say farewell like the independent woman I am and walk away. As I'm leaving, the guy from the bar, the guy who just had sex in the bathroom, comes up to me and strikes a conversation. I'm standoffish at first, as you can imagine. I mean, this guy just had sex in the bathroom. (laughs) He tells me he lived in Australia and loves our country and people. I give him shortish answers. I wonder why he isn't with that girl. I see her in the street now. She's telling people how sexy he is. (laughs) He tells me she's a little bit crazy. So I'm waiting for an Uber, but he tells me it's not super safe, so he waits with me. 
Okay, that's nice, I think. Then he says, okay, this might be weird, but do you want to come to my pool party tomorrow? I'll pick you up. He says, if you feel uncomfortable, I totally understand. But this isn't just a drunk invite. I'm actually sober, but I know what it's like to travel alone. So if you want, I'll message you tomorrow. Anyway, I hop into my Uber and go. Sure enough, the next day he messages me. Still keen to come to the pool party? He tells me everyone that's there and he tells me he'll pick me up and he does. In a BMW convertible. I get in. It's the lowest car I've ever been in. So I fumble in awkwardly, trying to be normal. He opens the roof. I send a pic to my mum just in case I'm being kidnapped. (laughs) And so we drive through the French countryside, windows down, music playing. He calls me Emily in the cutest French. Oh my God. This is like legit Emily in Paris. (laughs) But Emily in Lyon. And I think, what the fuck? Am I in Call Me By Your Name? Is this a movie? (laughs) (laughs) We arrive at his mansion. Gates open, pool, big house, country town. Oh my we God. swim with his friends and he constantly checks in on me. Are you okay, Emily? You feel good? If you don't at any point, I'll drive you home. Oh my God. <laughs> it's almost too much checking in. I know. He <laughs> takes me out to dinner that night with friends and then we party again. And by 3am, I want to go home, but he won't let me get in an Uber. So he drives me 45 minutes home, as he promised. The next day, he picks me up and takes me to dinner somewhere romantic. But at this point, we are literally just friends. He hasn't tried anything. We just get along so well. Laugh heaps. He's really focused in his career and very driven. It's just fun. But I'm leaving the next day, so I think YOLO. I go back to his apartment because I wanted to see it. It's a beautiful apartment near the river in Lyon. So modern, so lush. And from the top roof floor, we do some people watching on the streets below. I'm in fucking France with a cute French man who's eight years older than me. This is what my little 16-year-old self dream, right? <laughs> and then we kissed and we, yep. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, my God. I just sent this photo of the pool. Oh, my so God. French. So French. And then she also told me she's going back to France to meet up with him. And they're sharing an Airbnb. Oh, my God. How exciting is that? That is, that's a vibe. I know. I don't know so much about him having sex with someone else in the bathroom. On He's the also a boy. Met. Is and he a boy? <laughs> okay, I hate this story now. I don't know about that either. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like a boy on a night out. Sex with a girl in the bathroom. Okay, so this one is a little funny status update that one of my friends sent me. It's just a screenshot of her status update. So it's a different way to tell a travel story. <laughs> Sorry, but like, we're getting creative here. That's yeah. So, so the location of this status update is in Las Vegas, Nevada, United States. Mm. All right, so. Five notes to self. One, if you want to travel six planes in two days, don't have a black suitcase like every other person on the plane. It would save you a lot of time wondering where the heck it is. <laughs> two, don't leave an international airport at 1am because some stranger gave you directions because you won't be able to get back into the airport until 4am when it reopens. Oh my God. Jesus. Three, don't wear thongs. The weather isn't as permitting as the Gold Coast, especially when your flight gets cancelled because of a snowstorm. Oh, my God. A snowstorm in Vegas? <laughs> Hectic. Well, she was getting six flights. Oh, Maybe okay. this is where she wrote the status. Okay. Four, always bring your travel insurance just in case of that rare, which in my case is very high, possibility that your flight will be cancelled. And five, watch out for wooden objects whilst going through security. They're not that happy once you put your blood on their equipment. What? <laughs> Nailed solo traveling. So oh just by herself. <laughs> I don't know how like <laughs> the blood ended up on the wooden objects. That's fucking that hilarious. Is hilarious. <laughs> okay, so this one takes place on an African safari. 
I was fortunate enough to go on an African safari with my family when I was about 17. Oh my God, amazing. One of our stays was in the Serengeti National Park, staying in glamping tents that were fitted out with proper bathrooms and bedrooms. That is amazing. I know, absolute goals. There were two other couples staying in the same place with us, so it was a very intimate group. As we were in the middle of nowhere, we had amazing African meals cooked for us every meal. At the end of one of our dinner meals, my stomach flipped and I knew I had about two minutes until I was going to explosive diarrhea everywhere. Oh my God. <laughs> Yuck. Ah! I fumbled for our key and ran back in the pitch black to our hut. I was in such a hurry that I left both of the doors wide open. I sat down and was instantly relieved that I'd made it safely back to the toilet in time. It wasn't until I looked up and did not recognize a thing in the bathroom that was ours oh my god no i came to the horrifying realization that our key had unlocked a random couple's hut and i was sitting on their toilet (laughs) exploding (laughs) getting up and leaving quickly was not an option because i was so sick i knew i only had minutes (laughs) (laughs) just imagine i know imagine like them being in there or something (laughs) i knew i only had minutes until They came back sick and yeah. they're like quickly. And then she's like, I'm sorry, guys. First in, best stress. <laughs> um, I knew I only had minutes until everyone got up from their dinner and made their way back to their huts. I had a full blown panic attack whilst I finished my business on someone else's toilet. I just kept imagining these strangers walking in on me in their hut mid panic attack poop. <laughs> Luckily, I got out in time before anyone caught me, but I was literally so traumatized that I kept the story to myself from my family for months after the trip. Really? Yeah. How insane is that? (laughs) Oh, that is traumatic. Hectic. (laughs) Oh, horrendous. All right. So my next story is called The Almost Kidnapping. Oh, we've got a couple of those. Yeah. Well, so far, none of them have actually... (laughs) It's actually going to keep that. It's all in everyone's head. Where it's like, we're not in Sydney anymore, folks. Everyone's going to try and kidnap us. All right. I was on a family holiday in Beijing, China with my older sister and mum. We were visiting our family friends who were living over there coaching basketball. I was about eight or nine years old at the time. It was my first overseas holiday beside New Zealand, which I don't really think counts. But what an experience it was. As I'm a blue-eyed and fairly pale-skinned girl, I had people coming up to me on the street to touch my hair and skin. That combination is pretty rare over there. I think they think it's good luck. Oh, really? Mm, to touch their hair. I could have just completely made that up. <laughs> yeah. That combination is pretty rare over there. So I was told by our family friends that Chinese people were trying to see if it was all real. And to oh. their amazement, it was. I'm a real bitch, lol. I'm a real bitch. I felt pretty special, but a little weirded out. So one day we decided to go to the famous silk markets all together. It's me, my mum, my sister, and my mum's friend. The markets are in this massive indoor space and filled with thousands of different stalls selling everything from clothes to jewellery, handbags, and most importantly, shoes. Each of the shopkeepers are pretty aggressive in their selling tactics as they come up to you with products and and talking loud while trying to lure you into their stall to buy something. As we're walking through one of the tiny corridors between stalls, we stop to look at some designer handbags and wallets. I remember my mum bargaining with the shopkeeper about the price of a Louis Vuitton wallet for my sister. Me being me, I get bored and spot these beautiful pink sneakers on the opposite side of the corridor. I wander over to check them out and get greeted by the stall manager who's 
straightaway offers me to sit down in the corner of the stall and try them on. (laughs) (laughs) He was very, very persuasive, telling me what a good eye I had and how beautiful they were going to look. He had all the other helpers in the stall getting different sizes, different kind of pink shoes out for me to try on. I felt special, not going to (laughs) lie. However, in the meantime, my mum, sister and my mum's friend had no idea where I was. While I'm trying on different pairs of pink shoes, they're fiercely running up and down the market corridors, screaming my name and bowling other people over to try and find me. Each of these women around 5'10 or taller and strong, strong women, (laughs) ex-basketball players. So we're ready to fight. So so we're ready to fight someone for trying to take their daughter. (laughs) Now completely oblivious to this. Oh my gosh, you would have seen some of the What about those like pale pink ones? Oh my god. Completely oblivious to this. I'm sitting in the shoe store about twenty meters away from where I think everyone is, trying to decide if the pink sneakers with the strap look better <laughs> than the sparkly ones with the laces. <laughs> After about five to ten minutes of tough deliberation, I see my mother storm through the stall. She comes over grabs me by the arm and drags me out of the store. <laughs> While I'm very confused about what's happening and sad I don't think I'll be getting the shoes, I decided on the pink ones with the strap. <laughs> oh my god, she does such a story. Mum gets down low so our faces are eye level and says in a, <laughs> in a serious tone, don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> she gets up, hold my hands and we continue to walk through the market together. I made sure I never left us <laughs> after that. Hearing this story being told by my mum and sister, it is very funny now. Now, but I know it would have been a very scary feeling. <laughs> Worst part of it all, I did not get the pink shoes. <laughs> oh my god, oh, classic! I'm just so picturing that, like in a movie scene where there's like flipping from scene to scene. They're like running over. Like, Where is she? She's just like slow elevator music Legit. Okay, so I've got this one here. It's got a title. We love the title. It's about seven pages long. Sad swiped in Santorini. Oh my god, amazing! The girls and I had just arrived in Santorini and we were eager to get exploring. So the easiest way to get around Santorini is to get quad bikes. However, because there were five of us, we didn't want someone to go by themselves. So instead, we were convinced by our Airbnb host to hire a little car. And that we did. We set off exploring, stopping here and there and everywhere. And we're having a great time. Also, keep in mind, we're in Europe, so we're driving on the other side of the road and the steering wheel being on the left-hand side. Our last stop was to a small village on the very south side of the island. The road there was a long, skinny, two-way dirt road winding up, down and around the mountains. We came to a long downward slope and approaching us on the other side of the road was a quite large bus. Going about 80 kilometers per hour down the hill, I noticed a man walking on the same side of the road as we were driving down. Me struggling a little with my spatial awareness as I was not used to driving on that side of the road, I got a little nervous. However, failed to slow down as we were quickly approaching the oncoming bus and man. Everyone gasped. All of a sudden, (gasps) there was an almighty bang. I slammed on the brakes and there was an unnerving silence from everyone in the car. No one said anything and was terrified to turn around and see what carnage I've just caused. I look over to the passenger side mirror and it was completely gone. I couldn't see a thing and was still too terrified to turn around. Have I just killed this man? (laughs) (laughs) Brick killed a guy with a (laughs) trident. 
Myself and one of the girls built up the courage to get out of the car to see what the fuck has just taken place. Oh my god, we that step would be out, so scary. Turn around, and there is a man lying on the dirt hill on the side of the road. Fuck, 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 fuck. Oh my god. My literally. first thought is I'm going to prison in Greece. I'm going to fucking prison. <laughs> We approach the man and he is grasping onto his arm for dear life, but breathing. Phew. In true fashion, I jump straight on the defense and say, are you okay? Before he could even answer, I interrupt saying, what on earth were you doing walking on the (laughs) side of the road? What on earth were you doing walking on the road? The poor man is This is is all your fault. (laughs) The poor man is rocking in absolute agony, grasping his elbow. I ask again, are you okay? Do I need to take you to the hospital? He did not look impressed to say the least. It appeared he knew little English and kind of shooed us off using his good arm, saying, go, go, okay, okay. It probably happens to him all the time. <laughs> While shaking his head. We stood there in shock as the man continued to make his way along the dirt road in the middle of nowhere, clutching onto his arm for dear life. A ridiculous amount of money was forked out to pay for the damages caused to this hire car, and we went on about our day, a little shaken and worried and confused about the mysterious non-English speaking man I just hit with the fucking car. I hope you had a speedy recovery and made it to the destination without recoiling, without colliding with without another. Recording. <laughs> without colliding with another vehicle. Oh my god. Oh my god, how god. terrible how did you <laughs> You're like I just killed someone. Holy crap. Oh my god. Oh. That feeling would just be like it's happened to me so many times. all right my last story okay when we were in london my friend somehow had a connection who got us into the groucho club which is a members only club in soho for musicians slash artists etc etc god sick i know when we got there we had to leave our phones at reception which i assume is so famous people can go there and not worry about Mm. stories being leaked etc photos being taken and stuff my god that That is is already a good sign which sets the scene of the kind of people who would have been inside We were at the bar and made friends with this guy who we had no idea who he was. He looked like Willy Wonka from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, so we knew he must have been famous. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he was buying us drinks and was heaps of fun, not even in a creepy way. He was telling us how he had to get up early to host the Great British Bake Off, which was kind of like MasterChef kind of vibes in the UK. He introduced us to his friends who looked like they had just stepped out of an old Rolling Stone magazine. Oh my god! We ended up doing live with them in the bathroom and kicking on until about 6 a.m. Oh, my God. Turns out it was the band Kasabian and Noel Fielding. Oh, my God. A British comedian who I still don't think is very well known in Oz, but he had lots of fans at the club that night. And she sent, like, a photo of the dude. Rockstar vibes. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is so cool. Oh, also, he was wearing an outfit along the lines of oh, the one in the second photo, which is like him wearing a big wide-brimmed black hat and a pink and yellow fur coat vibes. Also, Rita Ora was there. (laughs) Also, it was real rock star vibes because we got home at 6 and had to go straight to the airport to fly to Croatia at 8 a.m. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. What a vibe. It was a life highlight. Oh, my God. How and incredible. what a way to finish. What a way to finish. Anyway, those stories were amazing. We hope so you guys good. were entertained. We were definitely entertained. I so. know. That was so funny. <laughs> Thanks for sending in your stories. We really appreciate it. The content is always know, absolutely it's so funny. Yeah, Everyone loves primo. the story times as well. I know. Well, cheers to another app. Cheers. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey.